0: You become part of the crowd, you feel the psychological comfort with that crowd, and so you don't want to leave the cult, so to speak, because the cult is giving you so much that if you stand up and point out that this is all wrong, you, you're not just going to lose uh, the, the, the sort of, you're not, you know, the immediacy, you've, you've lost your entire worldview.
1: Hi everyone. Before we get started, I have to plug a few quick things. First of all, my book, Brexit, the Establishment Civil War, is now available to order. You can read some chapter previews by following the link in the description below. Our sponsors, ExpressVPN, get 35% off 12 months of ExpressVPN, and get 25% off podcast hosting with Podium. Finally, if you're watching this on YouTube, please go check out odyssey.com instead. We are hosting all our videos there, If you're a creator, you can move your videos across with one simple click, and you can earn cryptocurrency simply by watching videos and use it to tip your favorite creators like myself. So please check that all out if you wanna support the show. Anyway, here's the podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Chatter. Today, I am talking with Neil Sanders, the author of Mind Control. So Neil, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, uh, thank, thank you very much
1: for inviting me on. No problem. So yeah, I, I, I. I asked you on after I was on Richard Willett's podcast, The Glitch in the Code, because we were talking about Cambridge Analytica and mm-hmm. uh, he suggested that I speak to you um, because you wrote a book um, focusing on some of their work, but more broadly about the idea of mind control. Now, that's going to yeah. sound so wild and out there um, to people. But why don't, you, why don't you explain what you mean by mind control? Because I don't think it's as crazy as it sounds.
0: No, I mean, mind control in a real in a very basic sense, it just means basically altering people's thought patterns so that eventually their actions are altered. And like, if you want to go to sort of the history of what mind control would be, it, it broadly falls, forms into sort of like four categories. The the first is um, truth serums, like things like scopalamine, sodium amytal, and sodium pentothal and stuff like that. And the, the reason that these were used was in sort of wartime interrogation scenarios because it's, it's useful if we can control the mind of, say, Um, an enemy spy you can find out their plans and stuff like that and this was this was done by the Germans who were using mescaline and uh, the the English and the Russians and the Americans and it was it was pretty sort of broadly tested Um, and then the flip side to that is trying to make your spy, impervious to that type of thing. So basically, if they get caught, they're not going to sort of spill the beans. And again, there was a number of ways that they could do this, either sort of drugging people. Uh, there were experiments that were done with like hypnotism, for example, so that they, they created a sort of a block almost in the mind that, that people couldn't penetrate. Uh, and again, did, there was degrees to which that was, it was pretty successful. Um, the third would be basically taking that sort of a step further where basically you're influencing somebody to the point where they will actually do something physical by which I mean, attack somebody, plant a bomb, uh, maybe, uh, you know, become a suicide bomber or something like that. Steal the, cabot the Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like a sort of Manchurian <laughs> candidate really, basically. Hmm. So, so like a, a robotic sort of, um, you know stooge. Uh, and again, there's a number of ways that this, this might be achieved. Like historically the documents show that the use sort of like psychotronic weaponry, sort of um, you know, radio waves, implants into the brain, sort of sort of very crude sort of stimulation of of, of neurons. So literally that creating your muscles to you know to tense, and then numerous other ways, like as I say, hypnosis and uh, and more sort of subtle uh, uses of drugs and things like that, and then the broader sense of mind control is is basically the fourth category which is propaganda um societal control and advertising and basically it's like well hang on isn't that a bit extreme putting advertising in in with propaganda well actually no not really because propaganda when advertising was first started by he was uh him and ivy lee were basically sort of the progenitors of of uh, the, the the sort of um the school and um they uh, they initially wanted to call it propaganda because that's what it is. Advertising is propaganda. Propaganda is using information to spread an idea and to get people to think in a particular way. And that's exactly what advertising is uh, or marketing. And the strange thing was that basically in the 20s, when um, Bernays was trying to sort of promote propaganda by advertising he got an incredible pushback because basically the association of propaganda is it was with sort of you know german propaganda and wartime propaganda and that type of thing so they had to change the name of advertising to either advertising or marketing so they had to market the phrase marketing in order to trick people into falling for propaganda so so essentially that's really um why it would be considered mind control. And again, there's, there's three sort of, there's lots of ways, but the, the three sort of prevalent ways that, that mind control is used. It's saying advertising or in, in, in the promotion of any sort of brand. And that could be a country, that can be a, a team, that can be a music, um, you know, a musical um, uh, uh, person or, or, or they're, they're trying to sort of build a fan base. There's, there's different ways. The first one and the most powerful one or, or one of the most powerful ones is basically using the mechanisms that, that would exist in a cult. Right? What does a cult do? A cult tells you exactly what, how the world is. What's up? What's down? When the spaceship's arriving to take us off to the next like um, dimension? Everything's covered. Mm. You know exactly where you are in that cult. You know you're either number one, you're number twelve, or you're, you know the grand high exalted. Spaghetti, or whatever they call themselves. Um, so, and, and you're surrounded by like minded people who are all basically telling you exactly the same thing. So it's incredibly psychologically comforting. And that is basically the mechanism that they'll use in advertising. they basically, this product will tell you something about yourself. It will uh, inform other people about you. It will place you in a social hierarchy uh, and it will surround you with people who like the same types of products. So say if you are driving a Mercedes or something, you can in, in instantly compare yourself to everybody else out there and also other Mercedes drivers, but also basically you're showing off these, these little talismans uh, trying to attract like people because that's what, what human beings want to do. They want to be safe and secure surrounded by people who think the same basically. So, so that mechanism of being in a cult, all thinking the same, not wanting to stand up and go, I'm not sure that information is correct. Um, uh, and also sort of whipping people up into a crowd because when you get into a crowd, there's a concept called de And basically it it's, is where you alleviate your responsibility and human beings are incredibly susceptible to wanting to just get rid of the responsibility for choice or for action. And there's extreme sort of examples of this like um, the Milgram experiment, for example. You know, uh, people are probably familiar with this idea where they were electrocuting or supposedly electrocuting a person, and because they they didn't work, it was an actor, but the idea was that basically, if the person who was running the experiment said, you keep doing it and I'll take responsibility for it, they will listen to that figure of authority because the responsibility is alleviated to the point where they'll, they'll, they'll electrocute somebody seemingly to death. And and this is sort of even worse when it gets into crowds, because basically you take on the sort of, you become part of the crowd, you feel the psychological comfort with that crowd. And so you don't want to leave the cult, so to speak, because the cult is giving you so much that if you stand up and point out that this is all wrong, you, you're not just going to lose... Uh, the, the, the sort of you know you know the immediacy you've you've lost your entire worldview and this this is the point that they that they set up. The, one of the other ones is to basically, um, again, like. Uh, paint the pictures, like paint the picture before you actually sort of um, are aware of it. And this is, this is a, a technique that was um, sort of um, championed by a chap called Walter Lippmann in the sort of uh, uh, early um, uh, part of the 19, uh, 20th century. The idea is that basically most people don't actually sort of have an informed view of, of the world. They, they get it from a, a secondary source, like, okay, a book, a film, the news, the media, something like that. They don't have a personal sort of um, involvement With it, so people can use that, and they can they can create that narrative. So one of the sort of crudest ways was to um, that Cambridge Analytica did, for example, was to um, give people a very sort of stereotypical view of Islam. And the the world of Islam, they're all pedophiles. They'll all rape you. They're all terrorists. They don't respect women, all of this. And worse, they're coming here. They're coming here right now. And they're going to start us. uh, And here's where the final sort of um, element of advertising mind control would come in. there's a very clever gentleman called Clotel repay and he says that the best sort of advertising is one where basically you say, I want that. Why? Don't know. Don't know. And this can be done by associating it with, say, something like a celebrity uh, or by playing on... on Instinct, and, and this is the point. Like human beings, despite all of our iPhones and four-sprung Dirk technique and chaise longs, right? Okay, we're not actually that bright. We we are just like a bag of meat and gas, uh, and we're pretty disgusting. And we're driven by our instincts a lot of the time, and we can be very very easily manipulated by by these instincts. We're the celebrity and stuff like that. Basically, what we've we've denoted is that these people are basically, they're, they're bright, they're, they're, they're doing well, right, okay, in society. And so it would be stupid of us to ignore them because we can learn valuable lessons from them. If you take it back to sort of like caveman times or whatever, that bloke's got a cave and he knows how to make fire and he's got four women around him. Mm-hmm. If I can figure out why and how he's done that, I can get a cave and fire and four women around me and stuff like that. Mm. So so that that's one way that sort of the appeal to authority, and that can be sort of manipulated through sort of like a nexus of um, – uh media or something like that or, or MPs or people who basically are in a position where they really should know what they're talking about. And again, because human beings are pretty like lax on taking responsibility for anything, it's a lot easier to just go, i so-and-so said so. Oh well he knows what he's talking about. I'm sure that's true. Mm-hmm. And then but what Kosa Rupay said was that basically you've got to appeal to the reptilian brain first. You've got to appeal to something like fear. Fear, joy, lust, something like that. Something that basically um, people, it's, it's in the amygdala. It's not something like, uh, um, so in, in advertising, um, the most famous example of this was um, the Hummer, the, the, the sale of the Hummer car, which is a terrible, terrible car, but it sold really, really well um, because it was marketed as a weapon. It is a weapon. That's what it is. It, it's um, you know it's an ex-military stripped-out car, mm. but it was sold as a weapon. Like explicitly, the advertising was telling you that this was a weapon. Why do you want a weapon? Well, so that basically nobody messes with you. So that you're the alpha male. So that basically you can you you know you four foot above everybody else. Everybody's looking at you. It's a power fantasy thing, mm. right? How do you justify that? Well. It's a defensive weapon, isn't it? It's there to protect my kids. And it's the same thing with all these sort of Chelsea tractors, like big range rovers and stuff like that. Just because you want it because it's a status symbol, right? Mm. And because it's going to get you, you know, sex ultimately, right? But the justification of that is that basically, oh, no, no I'm being responsible and protecting my family. Mm. And so... So how would Cambridge Analytica do, do that? Well, again, what they did was they basically, horrifically, they used racism pretty straightforwardly. They used, to say, the weaponization of, of the concept of Islam, um, and they sold that, again, just as straightforward as, look out, these brown people coming in. And that's successful because... It plays on people's fears. It plays on people's underlying fears of otherness, of, um, well, Islam as a concept, because basically like people know just enough about it that basically they'll believe these authority figures who are telling them the bad things about it, but they won't. They don't know enough about it to go hang on again. That's not actually true. That's not a, a, a you know uh, a reasonable representation of, of what what Islam actually is. So the fear is oh no, brown people. The justification is yes. But these brown people—they rape and they um, cover their women up—and they, they're pedophiles mm. and they're terrorists. That was the justification, uh, and the way that they were able to get that justification out was by basically they, through a sort of a creation of that narrative, and the the retelling and the retelling and the retelling of that narrative through. Um, A seemingly disconnected, but actually very, very connected nexus of of, uh, media. And that would be people like Rebel Media, which is owned by Robert Mercer, who was the financier of... um, Cambridge Analytica along with Steve Bannon and this is things like Rebel Media and Breitbart um, and Tommy uh, Loren Lawrence Southern and Laura Luma and Tommy Robinson um, and Gapestone Media as well that, that was utilised and Ben Shapiro and uh, Dave Rubin um, and uh, UKIP uh, essentially were, were also part of this it's to, to spread, to, uh, to spread this, this again this collective idea and and what Cambridge did was they basically they created a series of, uh, of provably false stories stories that a lot of people will have heard of um, and uh, they were essentially to, to demonise either the EU or to demonise um, Islam in America um, like for example in America Gatestone media were people um, um, promoting films that basically showed that Germany and France had already fallen to Sharia law and there were promoting stories like Sweden was the rape capital of the world and that Germany was allowing child marriages and, and none of these were true and all of these were, were, were created but these were picked up by a lot of people and 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 sort of uh, were bandied around and the clever thing about the way that they promoted it because they were promoting it through these, these media nodes and such like that was that if you uh, particularly in America uh, if you were to stand up and say, this isn't true, well, then all of a sudden, again, you're going against that group. You're, going, you're being an American, essentially. Mm-hmm. and and so th- that was that was a very dangerous aspect of it where essentially they were they they were codifying it to the point where xenophobia and racism was was being tied with patriotism and in a very similar way they did this uh, it was it was true in england basically you know ukip um, had that incredibly uh, racist um, uh, uh, picture of the syrian refugees mm-hmm. uh, coming in and again were promoting similar stories uh, they, they, they were also promoting ideas that basically
1: the breaking point uh, poster you mean right sorry the breaking point poster the one that I think
0: exactly right yes um and they were also promoting the idea that turkey was going to join the eu and, mm-hmm. and and stuff like that There was nonsense stuff that was put around that again still people to this day actually believe the idea that basically europe was under napoleonic law uh, which means that basically you're you are um you're guilty until proven innocent, whereas basically we're under uh, I forget what type of it's nonsense, it's not true, is it's absolutely not true, but but there's still people to this day that actually believe that. Mm. And again, it, and a lot of this was was also sort of promoted by um uh, groups like Turning Point, mm. um Turning Point UK and Turning Point USA, which is Candice Owens and Charlie Kirk and people like that, mm. as well as um people like Tucker Colson and um Glenn Beck um and Laura Ingraham. Mm. Uh, and and the horrible thing about all of this is that basically the reason that the, that this was all promoted through like was was to institute policy change. It's all to do with American think tanks that are connected to. Um, um, the industry of say oil industry mainly it's, it's people mm. like the Heritage Foundation. the, the point that Cambridge people probably know it was, was used in two prominent recent campaigns. It was also used to uh, get Modi in and Orban um, and I uh, didn't know they Orban. worked with Orban. That's interesting. Yeah, absolutely.
1: But can I uh, can was, I um, can I pause you for a minute because there's 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 like just there's something I want to I want to ask here and it, it, I feel like you, sure. you reached a point where it's a good place to ask this um, and 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 we might get. Past it, and 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 then I'll I'll forget to come back to it because right. I think it's a, a good point to make. So, um, one of the things I'm trying to work on, speaking to you and lots of people, and and when I was writing my book, uh, was how susceptible are people to even just the kinds of micro um, target micro targeted dark ads that, that Cambridge Analytica or sorry. Definitely not Cambridge Analytica, Aggregate IQ, who um, are who were t- funded entirely by projects through Robert Mercer, and Cambridge Analytica own all of their intellectual property. So it's not the same company, totally not. They shared they shared uh, a <laughs> phone number at one point. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it was SCL Canada was the phone number for Zach Massingham, who was the head of Aggregate IQ. Yeah, but, that's it. And SCL basically, um, it was
0: the that basically, basically get up Cambridge Analytica's mm. whole. Uh, Um, uh into intranet system as well so Mm. yeah it's the same it's it's not the same company not it just happens to do exactly the same thing and have exactly the same people
1: behind it work on a lot of the same projects and use a lot of the same proprietary anyway Um, we're getting away from this so uh, my point essentially the question i want to ask is that so I, i i've watched a lot of the stuff that and I've done research into a lot of the stuff you're mentioning here the, the the threat of Turkey joining the EU that that like 76 million Muslims from Turkey were going to land on the south coast of England the day after mm-hmm. you know the Brexit vote unless we voted to leave uh, like just it, it was ridiculous the, the, the level to which it went um, it got sort of riled up and riled up and just outright lies as well which, mm-hmm. which people seem diff- like reluctant to call a lie a lie like that is a lie Turkey um, have fulfilled one of the 33 chapters of membership that you require to get into the European Union. They are so far from it. It's not even not
0: even. Yeah, it was laughable, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So but then on the other side of things, um, a lot of the stuff I've looked at and, and, and is really compelling to me is the idea that the Brexit vote was for a lot of people like a a fuck you yeah a fuck yeah. you to the the establishment the people it was yeah. from it was crying out from people who had been forgotten for 40 years who have been um like sort of their 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 lives have just been degraded uh, degraded Degraded, degraded. Anyway, degraded, degraded. Yeah, I was right. Okay, degraded by by years and years and years of globalization and neoliberalism, and that this is the reason for the Brexit vote. Um, and mm-hmm. I I I find both arguments compelling. So, no, how susceptible well, that, do you that, think people are to this kind of advertising, and how much oh, of this this no, like pushing it over the edge? How much of it is like the basis of this? Like, where do you lie on that kind of spectrum?
0: Well, I mean. The susceptibility is shown by the fact that basically almost every single reason to leave the EU that I've heard, right, all this encroaching globalism, blah, 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 two points. One, it actually came from some of the most elite people on the planet, okay? It came from Coke Industries, it came from Renaissance Technologies, it came from Palantir, right, okay? And two, none of it was true. Absolutely none of it was true. All this idea that basically we were giving money, so much money to the uh, the EU and that we'd be better off out and stuff like that. Literally every single point that leave.eu and, and vote leave put forward as a good reason to leave the EU didn't exist. There wasn't a good reason to leave the EU. There was a good reason to look at the EU as a bit of a gravy train and a bit bit you know, bit ineffective in some places, as, as all massive institutions are. But but none of the reasons that were put forward, and and this was the point. It was put forward as stick it in the eye of the elites, stick it in the eye, and and here's the crazy thing, like. Cambridge Analytica, as you probably know, it's it, seo has got a licence, a list X clearance right, okay? It means that basically it's allowed to hold, like, uh, top-secret documents for, for, for the British government. It's under export control and is considered weapons-grade communication tactics. Essentially, it has to be signed off by somebody, right, okay? Which means if Cambridge Analytica was used for Brexit, you, I'm sure you, I've read your very, very good article on it, your very good chapter as well. So you, you're aware of the sort of the connection to sort of like Lord Lord Ivor Mountbatten Privy Council large swathes of like Marconi defence this is the establishment this is British psychological defence and stuff like that So here's the thing, when the establishment is telling you that Donald Trump, right, and leaving the the EU is sticking it to the establishment, it's a lie. Okay, because it's the establishment that's telling you to actually do that. So that's how susceptible people are. and, and, and that's, that's the very, very, very cruel thing. Brexit, in very, very simplistic terms, the whole point of Brexit was to privatise the NHS. That's mm. simply it. It was driven by the Institute for Economic Affairs and the Institute for Free Trade and the ERG. And these are basically offshoots of... Um, um, the Heritage Foundation and the Council for National Policy. Mm. And these, these, you know, Steve Bannon and Robert Mercer and Kellyanne Conway, they're all members of this, as are the, the Koch uh, brothers. Um, and this brother, one of them died. <laughs> yes, yes, one of them did die. Um, this was the point. Basically, they've been trying through the Adam Smith Institute, which is another think tank offshoot, and the IEA, they've been trying to privatize the, uh, the NHS since um, 1981. Since 1981, every single of the British industry was privatised as part of Reaganomics, which is basically the Heritage Foundation's mandate for leadership policy drive. Mm. And that was essentially what they were trying to finish. There was zero benefit to the UK at all for leaving the EU. What it was doing was leaving those basically over a barrel so that we could have this, this, trade, um, uh, this, this, this trade deal with America. Mm. Then basically what happened was COVID happened, and Donald Trump was just going far, far too hard with his base. So basically, he was just being to the point where he lost the suburbs, he'd lost the women's vote, and no amount of Cambridge Analytica is going to get him, uh, get him re-elected. Um, They've gone even further. I strongly suggest to think that Cambridge Analytica was involved with QAnon, or not Cambridge Analytica because they would, they'd they split up, but essentially it's the, it's the same thing. Hmm. QAnon could be seen as the thin end of the wedge, uh, sorry, Donald Trump is the the thin end of the wedge of QAnon, basically. The idea of it is to draw people into politics, into politics Hmm. that aren't interested in politics, Hmm. basically, again, just to create this narrative of good guys, bad guys, and fighting against the establishment. It's nonsense. Heritage Foundation receives funding from the CIA, right? (laughs) From the CIA, Cambridge Analytica and SCL have got very, very dodgy ties to MI5 and MI6. It mm-hmm. looks like they're essentially used for, far, for for sort of, you know, foreign policy espionage in Irish and rigging elections all over the world. Does this suggest that these moves were in any way anti-establishment was the most genius of, 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 all, of all of their sort of ploys, hmm. basically, because that was the thing, you're the resistance fight back, and actually who benefited from it? The Heritage Foundation, the reason that basically like, they slightly changed tactics right at the end, because basically once COVID had happened, they realised that well, the NHS is going to be grounded to the dirt anyway, so we're going to have to unfortunately, once this is all done, bring in some American friends, you know, just to pick up the slack, mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. nothing, nothing nefarious. No, so of course not. <laughs> so they'll get their trade. Deal anyway, so they didn't need that trade deal. But that was essentially the whole point, and this was the point. It was just to to get to, to get Donald Trump in. Donald Trump wasn't ever the candidate was Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and I think people missed that. Even... I think people like, cause the, uh, now correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Ted Cruz was the one that Cambridge Analytica originally did um, work for. They were originally yeah. the, the, they were running ads for his campaign. And then he let them go. Essentially. I think he paid them like a hundred, a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. And then he decided to not go with them as far as I was well, aware. I, I'd, I'd
0: heard different or I'd, I'd, um, deciphered different in as much as, basically, what happened was, um, and this was revealed by WikiLeaks, Mm. when Donald Trump came out and said, I'm gonna be candidate for president, okay, the the rumor is, and it's strongly substantiated, was that he never expected or wanted to win. He wanted to lose, and he wanted to lose so that he could go, well, now I'm setting up Trump television, Mm. and this is where, basically, you're gonna get the truth, because my losing the election is indicative that you can't have a fair election in Mm. America. I heard
1: actually that he initially decided to hold that first press conference because he felt that he wasn't getting enough money from MSNBC or whoever runs The Apprentice. And he'd literally set up the first press conference and like one rally in order to show them how popular he was and then get more money on The Apprentice. Yeah, uh, and
0: or set up his his own one. Mm-hmm. But what happened was, um, basically, Donald Trump's quite charismatic. He's a television show, He's a like mm-hmm. like he actually uses like WWE stuff. Never apologise. He learned this from Roy Cohn, actually. Never mm-hmm. apologise. Always attack. Never mm-hmm. explain. Never apologise. Always attack. And that's quite. That appeals to people because that's uh, actually Richard Willett that told me this. He says, "Oh, Steve such Stone Cold, Steve Austin, that's what he used to do—the anti-hero that mm-hmm. that is seemingly just like that. That you know, you, you let him get away with being a bit of a bad boy, cutting corners because he's sticking it to Vince McMahon. Exactly. And that's a really good sort of like you know metaphor for an analogy. I forget which is which it is mm-hmm. because he's he still, still works for Vince. the man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, precisely. So anyway." Robert Mercer and Steve Bannon noticed This, this apparently came out in the, in the WikiLeaks um, um, The Clinton campaign illegally bought a load of advertisements In swing states for Donald Trump And mm-hmm. they promoted Donald Trump as the candidate Because Clinton thought that he's a joke He's a clown, we can beat him Like he he he's not a serious politician. Nobody seriously will go for him. And this backfired because it created a huge swathe of of publicity. Mercer and Bannon were quite savvy to this. You've got to remember the times where Bannon was behind people like sort of like Milo Yiannopoulos and uh, the promotion of uh, of uh, other sort of hideous characters in that sort of like alt right sphere. Mm. Um, And the whole point is make people angry. Make people angry, provoke a response. Own the libs. Own nice. the libs. Why? Because. Yeah. Right. Low clap for you. Mm. But but that's the point. And where did they learn this? They learned this from GamerGate essentially, like, and from um, from you know online things. You know, Milo Yiannopoulos before he was picked up by Steve Bannon and paid a huge amount of money was actually against gamergate and he was basically writing pro he was working for the catholic herald and writing articles um saying that that everybody should be able to have to sign in online to stop online bullying and then realized that that wasn't making him the money and so he became one of the, the sort of hardest people to go after zoe quinn and to try and dox her and it went gamergate which was a whole pathetic thing where like basically this lad lost a girl to someone like Probably more handsome than him, and turned it into this vendetta about the the honesty of the gaming media, which it wasn't. <laughs> but this is the point: it's, it's it's that again, that all in together, all in a group. Don't put your hand up and say, "Hang on, this is just because you lost your girlfriend." No, no, no. It's we've got a cause, we've got a point, and we've got, and, and that's what they they gave to you. They 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 gave you this these narratives. Uh, that basically you could follow that you could be a hero by by uncovering this and so so yeah incredibly susceptible is 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 basically uh the point i mean this is one of the strange things that basically like tories of like, and, and the right wing have always appealed to that swathe of uh, of the population that they that they they grind on the most mm-hmm. by the working class the working class has never been represented well by the right wing in america or in um, uh, the, the UK mm. and yet for some reason they they, they tend to vote for them mm. uh, and um, and again it's because they play on their fears fears of immigration basically like this is a very very powerful thing the concept of white supremacy right okay? mm. the idea that you are superior simply by existing is incredibly incredibly um, uh, hypnotic and appealing mm. particularly if you've got nothing um, and and again, it's these types of, of things. So to, to oversimplify, it's very, very rich people turn two groups of poor people, that person's uh, stealing from you. Mm. That that's it. That's really how it works. But but, but basically, this was the point with Cambridge Analytica. They played on all of these things. They did the instinctual thing, where basically, like you know, I don't like brown people, but it's justified because you've got this nexus of media telling you that basically, well, they are actually to be feared. You know, that nexus of media mm. is the creation of that narrative, the painting of pictures before um, before um, you even got there. And and further to that, you've got the group thing. Come on, we're all in this. Trump 2020. Lives, blah blah blah. Uh, we're the deplorables, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All of that. It gives people a sense of security. Gives people a sense of purpose, and it gives people. Uh, it makes people feel strong and powerful. And the most extreme uh, example of that, the sort of like the, the you know, the, the, the pin uh, the, uh, or the, um, the most extreme example of that was QAnon, where basically all of those people, they stormed the Capitol to overturn the the, the, the vote. Hmm. Not all of those people thought they were a bad person. All of those people thought they were patriots. Hmm. All of those people thought that they were doing uh, a, um, a good thing. Yeah. And they weren't. But they they had the rug pulled out from them, and that is essentially the mechanism of Cambridge Analytica. We'll do this, and we'll do this, and we'll, we'll do this to mobilise you into action. And then once we've got what we want, uh, we'll we'll sod you off. And like for example, in the in the UK, we were told specifically it's going to save the fishing industry. It's destroyed the fishing industry. Brexit. Literally destroyed it, and it was going to save the NHS because we'd get that three hundred fifty million quid back a week. Mm. Oh, that wasn't true, was it? No, none of it was true. No, so, so, that's that, yeah, so right, but yeah, okay. that, that's the justification, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're one of the few people that's really like that really hones in on on that idea that the NHS is 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 that like break the point of Brexit for the establishment was more privatization. Like, so few people uh, seem to agree with me on that. So it's nice to nice to hear some good confirmation bias, um, <laughs> but uh, one of the things you kind of mentioned there is something I really, really want to want to ask you about was. Um, so first of all, I'm not convinced that white supremacy, as such, is the reason for for the 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 sort of. Success of of the kind of anti-immigrant re- rhetoric. I think it's more a fear of the other because yeah. that the, the the right wing of America are actually very good at amalgamating people from lots of different backgrounds. So more so yeah. in the last few years, and just taking them like like um, sort of gay people who would have like you would just assume are on the left when the right have like a, a gay person or, or yeah. I don't know any one of minority you are you
0: and you talking about, yeah. about candy It's
1: more the person that, that that really interests me the two that really interest me on that are,
0: are Douglas Murray and Peter Thiel um, because, oh, Yeah, 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 yeah yeah, well, Peter Thal CIA, isn't he? did his Palantir through uh, in um, And yeah. Peter was, Thiel is yeah. super interesting. I am, I'm yeah. really not sure
1: what I think of him because I've seen one or two interviews with him that are stunning. He is an intelligent, mm. well-read oh, and seeming, seems like a guy who genuinely cares about the future of humanity in a way mm. that not many people come across. So I'm not sure how I feel about Peter Thiel yet. But um, the, the, the thing I want to... Qu- Ask you about was is that it seems to me sometimes when I look at this sort of thing is that the the use of the of Cambridge Analytica and whatnot to stir up the right and to to play to those like others, the the people are coming to get your jobs, your money, your women, your country, that sort of idea is yeah. is 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 for me often focused on, but I feel it's only one half of it because oh, the, good yeah. the other half is is like yeah, people stirring up the craziest and maddest things on the left, and sometimes mm. I feel that uh, that we're all just sort of d- not pawns, but but we are just being played against each other for the benefit of the very, very wealthiest, and that 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 all of this um, is 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 just in order to keep us fighting and distracted rather than saying hey hang on you're worth billions and i'm fighting with the guy that's worth like 10 grand less than me because i think that you know it's uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. how much do you think that's actually going on in terms oh, of like an that, orchestrated that, culture yeah, war
0: completely um now it, it's uh, it's about origins and just to explain what i did, when, when it's this a white supremacy I I, I I agree with you i don't think it's all white supremacy obviously but there's this there's, there's an undercurrent, and you've got like genuine white supremacists, the Mercers, for example, uh, the Regneries, for example. The Mercers basically like have, have been yearning for like um, a, a segregated America, uh, and they're, they're not even shy about it. That's why he had to quit Renaissance Technologies because he kept saying massively racist things to all his uh, uh, to all his employees. Really? He also has the largest collection of machine guns on the planet, apparently. So he's a bit of a of a strange guy. Okay. Steve Bannon is a proud racist. Uh, William Regnery, um, d- Donald Trump's father, was in the KKK, mm. um, d- like, um, and was, and they were taken to court numerous times for basically not allowing black people to rent their apartments. And he was like hugely, hugely sort of like prejudiced against Central Park Five. Um, the, the Reginers as well, basically, this is where the concept of America first came from. The uh, William Richard III uh, is behind uh, the National Institute, uh, National Policy Institute, and um, he finances uh, Richard Spencer, you know, the Hail Trump guy who coined mm-hmm. the phrase, "old oh, yeah, right? Yeah. And he was also behind the – he publishes a couple of books that are written by Trump. His grandfather started the original America First, which is where they got America First from. It was a Uh... um, pro-Nazi thing, like a genuine pro-Nazi. He was connected to, oh, I can't remember his name now, the... uh the 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 leader of the american nazi party but also basically through the heritage foundation and the, the John the, the John Birch Society which is again sorry, connected to um the, the uh the start of the Heritage Foundation you've got people like Paul Weyrich and um Laszlo Pastor and stuff like that and people who are connected to the World Anti Communist League. Like these are proper genuine Nazis and I don't mean that in a sort of everybody that doesn't like rap music is a Nazi. I mean basically you know running death squads. South America Hmm. Aryan like brotherhood type Nazi Nazis Hmm. um so there is definitely an undercurrent of white supremacy. Uh, okay, but but I I, I don't want it to, to think for a second that I'm saying that anybody that voted for Brexit that was the, the driving force. Um, that was essentially that it was behind a lot of the propaganda. Uh, and, and you're right, they 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 did they, they set it up in a, in such a way that basically they justified it. They justified it and gave people they made people scared of things. It just Happened that, that a lot of these things weren't really true. Now the reason that basically it seems like this is because, like, um, I'm not sure if you can swear. Um, yeah, but, go for it. All uh, oh, right. Free speech. Steve Bannon flood uh, the zone with shit. That's that's the whole point. It's, he the concept of this culture war that's going on it doesn't exist it's nonsense right okay it was created by Steve Bannon and it's like it's a it's a bullshit argument this concept that basically oh cancel culture oh cancel culture oh right sorry what like the time that, that they, they told that uh, American footballer that he couldn't work anymore when the left told that Amer- oh no sorry not Colin Kaepernick we're not talking about him are we oh we're talking about the time where, where they wanted to shut down that play because it had Trump as as uh, um, um, uh, uh, as Julius Caesar. Oh no no, that wasn't the left, was it? No, that wasn't the left. So that was the right, was it? Um, was it the time that that when the left lost their fucking heads because Doctor Who was played by a woman? <laughs> Oh no, 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 that wasn't the left, was it? That was those whingy whining snowflakes on the right. Okay. And what they're doing is they're telling you there's a culture war, allowing a woman, allowing a woman to look at it, look at it being jammed down our throat. Women are blacks and gays. And it's nonsense. Tell me a tell me a single, other than a comedy and a crime drama, tell me a single program on American TV or English TV where a black family is the main characters. Mm. difficult isn't it because they don't really exist i'm sure they I don't watch a lot of, watch. i don't watch a lot of tv sitcoms no, that kind of thing trust me there's not a lot out there right okay so so again so th- this idea that basically oh it's being rammed down our throat and stuff like that the concept of the culture war mm. is nonsense there are there elements of shrieking idiots on the left yeah right am i opposed to that yeah absolutely this is like some twat gave everybody a voice on social media, right, okay? <laughs> and everybody thinks they're basically entitled to actually have an opinion and that their opinion matters, and it doesn't. And so you get people, basically, who want to have their two pennies and want to say... And and the problem is that, like, a lot of people are thick as shit. And so, basically, they, they like... They are easy manipulated, and they just want to be involved with these types of things. Like so, so this is this is a bit of a thing. And the the best example of this, right, folks, uh, it, like, is C sixteen. The one thing that that created Jordan Peterson's career. Mm. Okay, he exists because of the tyrannical C sixteen bill, where basically it was going to be illegal to accidentally misgender somebody, and you could be thrown in prison for that. Do you know what was the flaw in his argument? it wasn't true none of it was true not a single bit of it was true c16 basically said we're adding the we're adding transgender to, to forms mm. so if somebody wants to on a form applying for university say i'm trans rather than male or female they can put that that's it that's literally all it was and so all these, these this is the point is the, the, the there's, a, there's an idea that all these people are being cancelled and that basically the, the basically the left is incredibly shrill and, mm-hmm. and twatty and stuff like that. And are there examples of it? Of course there are. Of course there are. There's always been. Right? Okay. But a lot of it is hyped up. And, and a lot of the time when people, for example, are like, no, I was cancelled from Twitter. What did you say? Oh, dear, just some free speech stuff. What did you say? I used a racial epithet. Right. Well, mm. there you go. Then, like, so, why is it when basically, like, people are arguing for free speech? Nine times out of ten, it's, it's for the free speech right to insult somebody. Mm. Right. I mean, okay. there's, there's,
1: there's, yeah, there's the, the the two two a couple of things I want to say on on what you mentioned there. Um, I I think that what has happened with 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 uh, the people being censored, cancelled, banned off things like Twitter and YouTube and stuff is that. Initially, it was people saying really stupid, dumb shit, and it's got to this point where it's like the boy that cried wolf. Where when there's yeah. people being censored for things that like are genuinely concerning that they're being removed for, it's kind of ignored now because uh, well, because we've we've got to that shrieking. Uh, oh look! I'm being cancelled. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? I think I think because there there is like concern and c- censorship on 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 pl- on places like Twitter and YouTube and whatnot now. It, Things that make no sense, and I feel like we don't get. I feel like we don't actually. See them as an issue, and because we've heard, oh, I'm being cancelled
0: so much that it's yes, yes, uh, yeah. You, yeah, you're dead right, it's been cheapened, certainly. And and there are examples where people have been thrown off platforms and stuff like that completely. For example, um, do you know, um, about the 252 million pound contract that Liz Trust signed, um, uh, for an investment firm to provide PPE for the doctors and nurses uh, that I- didn't work? Do not. I mean no, I, you
1: don't there's, there's, a, there's, the there's so much corruption right now. It is it is
0: overwhelming. But this is the point. That's been censored. And I think you're right. Like, you know, like say everyone's looking at instant, like, oh, I'm not allowed to say this, and blah, blah, blah. You're missing the point. There is genuine, genuine um rubbish out there that, that's been stopped. A lot of this sort of freeze peach stuff is, is comes from it's again, it's a way to get people riled up. It's what's called um, fourth-generational warfare. Mm. What you do is you make people feel like they're being oppressed. I'll say something outrageous, absolutely outrageous, right, okay, and then I'll get kicked off Twitter, right, and I'll start to tell everybody else, see what happened to me, that could happen to you. Mm. Now, the point of fourth-generation warfare, right, okay, is you it, it, you provoke, you provoke, you provoke, you provoke, not to change the rules, but to get the system to react in such a way that everybody else goes, I'm sick of the system now. So basically, you've got a thing where so we're like – some of this free speech, that's the point of it. I'm going on there calling so-and-so uh, like uh, an ugly ape or something, knowing that it's racist, right, okay? I get kicked off Twitter. I tell everybody I've been kicked off Twitter. Keep the details a little bit, or basically so well, it doesn't matter, does it? It's free hmm. speech, okay? And the point is that what you're going to do is you're going to take some people with you. They're going to go like, oh, uh, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, I don't like, I don't like what you said, right? Okay, but the principle of being kicked off, I'm going to mm-hmm. support that. And and what you should be saying is, well, what did you say? Why did you say that? Mm-hmm. Okay, and so you need to look at it individually. Are, the thing that annoys me about it particularly with Twitter, is that it's that they frame it as a moral argument. It's not a moral argument. Twitter frame it as a moral argument. It's yeah, yeah. a capitalistic money-making argument. That's what annoys me about it, mm. is that basically they don't want to kick people off Twitter. They want Donald Trump. They want David Ike. Right? They want people on Twitter drawing in advertising money, revenue, clicks and clicks and clicks. They only kick somebody off. When the public relations uh, becomes toxic. Mm. So they kick like they kick Donald Trump off when they realized that it would turn off more customers than it turned on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not because of what he said.
1: Yeah, not he said more of- egregious stuff before than he did exactly. on, on the day of the Capitol. On the day of the Capitol, he was pretty calm by his usual yeah. standards. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. He was yeah. quite, like, he played it down in ways that yeah. you know if that had been 2016 Trump. He'd have be been like, storm it. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: totally, totally. This is, this is, the, this is the point. So, like, and, and the problem is, again, is that you've got, there's so many layers to this and stuff like that. And stuff like, I mean, Cambridge Analytica is still, I mean, I know they've split up, split up, they're not a band. Like they, they, they dissolved after having two cover-ups by, by the uh, um, uh, British government. One where Robbie Gibb basically uh, stopped the Panorama programmes from coming out that would have uh, exposed um, Aaron Banks' connection to, to Cambridge Analytica. Uh, he was later given a job in Theresa May's government. Oh, that's uh, convenient. Yeah, it was lucky, really, wasn't it? Like, he just happened to fall into it. And then the second time was when the officers of Cambridge Analytica were being raided. Mm. And accidentally, oh, they only put the wrong bloody date on the warrant, didn't they? Poor sods. And oh. so Cambridge Analytica had a week's um, notice in which time they cleared out the offices, basically, <laughs> and, and got rid of all the hard drives and stuff like that. Oh. Like, Cambridge Analytica's floating around at the minute. you heard of PCR claims, mm. Michael Yeadon? Mm-hmm. No, Patrick Fagan from uh, from Cambridge Analytica is on the,
1: uh, set that up. I knew I recognised that name somewhere.
0: I absolutely it. knew it. I knew and it. he set up Michael Yeadon's Facebook news channel along with an ex-Conservative MP and an ex-UKIP uh, MP. Mm. So it's the same group of people again. So weirdly at the minute, the nudge unit and uh, people connected to Cambridge Analytica are behind a lot of the anti-lockdown, anti-COVID stuff. Mm. Like, the, the, for example, the concept that the lockdowns kill more people than they save uh, was promoted by uh, insight, uh, Economic Insight, which is the PR firm connected to uh, the HM Treasury. Why would they want uh, people, uh, uh, why would they be anti lockdown, the HM Treasury? Because they want us to keep on the FTSE 100. Okay, the, all the other scientists like Carl Hennigan, Sunitra Gupta, uh, Carol Sikora, uh, Michael Yeadon, as I said, uh, and all. Of these people basically they all, they're all basically financed by the Tory donors by people like the George and Emily von Opel um, uh, Foundation uh, because essentially they wanted to promote herd immunity this concept of herd immunity and that the, the tests don't work uh, and that basically they're inflating the figures and the hospitals weren't, were not full all of that came from the nudge unit promoted by those scientists specifically through the PR firm grew Communications so bizarrely Cambridge Analytica has been behind what Uh, The majority of what would be considered conspiratorial alt media has actually been spreading for the last year. The idea that basically COVID doesn't exist, that carry well, said that the tests don't work. All of that came directly from the government. Why? For two reasons. One, because their donors asked them to. They physically asked them to and financed it. Who are their donors? Uh, It's the petrochemical companies connected to the airlines. That's why the the airports have never, ever been shut. We're not allowed to go anywhere, but the airlines, we're having people coming in. Mm. all the time. And the second reason was because it's quite clever, again, basically makes you feel like you're anti-establishment, you're fighting against the government who are keeping us in this lockdown and, and tricking us and stuff like that. When you actually look at it, the whole purpose of all of that is so that you doubt that many people died. Mm. Who, who benefits if, if you don't believe that 120,000 people died? Well, it's the government, isn't it? Hmm. So that's why Cambridge Analytica and the Nudge Unit and HM Treasury and people connected to, for example, Mappin of uh, Turning Point UK, all those Trafalgar Square marches, they were put on by the Church of Scientology and by Turning Point UK. Scientology? Yes. Well, Greg Mappin, who is also the head of um, Camelot TV and... uh, uh, and um, Turning Point UK he's a massive Scientologist did not uh, know that or the the person who financed it through um, Stand Up X is a Scientologist connected to a, a group called Exotech that has two other Scientologists one of them named Lord McNair who's, probably, who's most likely a spy for MI6
1: mm. Now on so, the yeah. yeah yeah on the other side of this I do want to I do want to um, say that the there then is like a lot of um, weird and and odd connections in funding from the really really hardcore pro lockdown pro vaccine side coming from people who own a lot of stock in vaccine companies
0: oh yeah Gavi yeah oh, cool the, yeah.
1: The, but my, my point is essentially that like, I, I I'm trying to not get caught up in the One side is really corrupt because it feels like both sides are being pushed from the extremes of of both you know yeah the, the extremes of both sides
0: are being pushed Well, political divides don't really matter i mean like for example the heritage foundation is, is dictated policy for the clinton uh, for the clintons mm-hmm. the obama administration and i have no doubt that they're they're um, uh, in with biden oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah yeah totally totally this is the point politics is a game essentially it's teams and it's flavors if you like right okay and this is the point. So with Brexit and, and, and blah blah uh, and, uh, uh, Cambridge Analytica, uh, Trump, uh, Reagan, Thatcher, that was right wing. We've got a bit of a right wing feel going on with it. It's the right wing flavour. And then basically when people get sick of that or it did like, they'll, they'll bring in Obama or Biden, which is a left wing flavour, people will have noticed that Biden is absolutely rubbish. He's not reversed anything that Trump's done. He's not going to, right?
1: Okay. Except some of the, the really, the things that like the tiny things that I think Trump did correct, like, uh, like allowing Chinese manufacturers to be involved in like the electrical grid of America. That seems mm. like a reasonable thing. So he's taken that away, but like left or like loads of the, most ridiculous things in place so mm. yeah you're, you're 100% right yeah
0: they're crap they're, they're absolutely crap on both sides none of them are to be trusted it's a boys club once you get to the sort of very very top level and say, like, like this is the problem is that politics politics is just a flavour Okay, the people who manufacture the, the ice cream it's the same each time. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, again, it's the petrochemical industries. It's the in banking investment sector. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's either people who are going to be connected with the Council for Foreign Relations, Trilateral Commission, or the Heritage Foundation and the Council for National Policy. Mm-hmm. That's it, really, because essentially that's it. That's where all the money goes. And it doesn't really matter to say, like, you know, they're, like you've got left-wing, say, um, celebrities, you've got right-wing celebrities. They all went to Oxford. <laughs> they all went to Cambridge mm. like all of them like a few of them might have gone to Manchester and stuff like that like you, you Rick Mowes and you Ray Edmonds and stuff like that but like yeah it's like George Carlin said it's, it's a big club and you're not in it right but but this is this is the sort this is this is the the sort of the new uh Mind control, so to speak. It's narrative control. It's mimetic warfare, in as much as it's basically sound bites and basically people bolstering concepts. What what they do very very cleverly is because social media, basically, social media is a horrible horrendous thing, right? Okay, mm-hmm. it, it it works like gambling. It literally produces a dopamine response, and it crushes you. It crushes you, your self esteem, uh, because essentially you've got an audience, and and you have to. Sometimes you'll cater your your output because people shout at you and stuff like that, and like you're isolated and yet overstimulated, which just so happens to be the very first line of the Bark mind control document. It's like a torture document that tells you how to to, to turn people into vegetables. No. Isolation and overstimulation. Hey, that Seriously, like- uh, and. I'm yeah, of course. And uh, Peter Thiel, um, obviously, who was uh, helping start um, uh, Facebook, was connected to through Incubtel, which is the CIA's venture capital arm. And then you've got people like Sean Parker as well. who was he was also involved, and he's he works exactly for the CIA. Um, this this the problem is, as I say, like social media it it's it makes you less social and with cambridge Analytica, what what they're doing is they're feeding you these stories right they're feeding you these opinions and these narratives and you're using that to bolster and to put it onto you to give you to these like talismans of the sort of person that you are because with social media right everyone's become convinced and this was the point of it everyone's been convinced that they're the uh, they're, they're, you're the lead character in a film, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's you're um, a roving reporter. It's your job to tell your followers and your fans this is your mission, mm-hmm. right? To disseminate information and to help people. And you know what? Uh, it's not a criticism because that's an incredibly noble thing. Mm-hmm. Just like QAnon, you're fighting against the forces of darkness, mm-hmm. but, but they've manipulated you into this position. And here's the really, really cruel thing. You haven't got enough information to tell people. So you need to get that because you've... Like, let's take it to an extreme level. You've got a radio show. You want clicks and stuff like that. So you need to have these stories. Where do you get these stories from? Well, you get these stories from the same... Echo chamber. And then what's compounded is, you are know, the crap that I was getting telling people about Brexit for sticking my head above the, above the parapet and telling people, actually, I don't think it's a good idea to leave the EU. Mm. I think we would be lied to. People don't like that. Mm. Same thing with like this, the COVID stuff uh, and anything, in fact, where you're going against the crowd. People are like, whoa, stop rocking the boat, would you please? And a lot of the time, again, they don't want the truth. They want to be told that they're right mm-hmm. and to have psychological comfort. Because if you're right, it's one less thing that you've got to worry about. Do you know what I mean? You'd like you've got, oh, it's all right. It's all sorted. I know how the world is. I can react. I'm mm-hmm. safe. And, and, and that's, that's the really sort of the, the cruel mechanism of, of came Analytica and similar types of, of um, manipulation is that they play on the best of you and the worst of you. And, and they will, they will hang you out to dry, and they will leave you completely, sort of like just stripped away. And they don't care because they've they've used you, you're you spent, and they're off, and, and they're doing something else basically. Once basically they've used this Brexit crowd. I mean, for example, they they, they got the vote. Once essentially, like the NHS is, um privatised, or, or they achieve whatever they want to achieve. Just like with with Trump, like basically once they got Trump in, all those all those like promises and stuff, like that, you know, the ways that he was going to make your life better, none of them materialised, did they? Because they don't care. Because they just don't care. They used you to get what they want. They 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 tricked you into voting in particular. And and that's that is the most cruel aspects of these things mm. is that basically it's playing on on systems like social media that are become so ubiquitous that to some people it's their only source of interaction and mm. it's poison
1: especially the last year i think that's why yeah.
0: things have got so
1: crazy um and people yeah. seem to yeah. have got so crazy
0: Yeah, because it's their only outlet, isn't it, really? And people want reassurance and people want to be secure. And the the worst thing um, to deal with is uncertainty, uh, not quite knowing, uh, and not knowing about something that could affect you in a really negative way, like, you know, Mm. waiting for the results of a medical tests or something like that. That's essentially what's been happening recently, isn't it? Like, regardless of whether you believe, like, severity of code or stuff like that, Mm. um, let's not get into that. But um, but you might know someone that dies. You might miss an operation. Your business might close. Mm. You might not see your friends for ages. You'd be lonely, stuff like that. There's, There's There's a whole plethora of problems mm-hmm. um, that are playing on people's minds that are not being addressed or helped by the government no um, and w- in times of crisis like that people want reassurance and people just want to be told um, you know what is what and what's up and what's down mm-hmm. so that they can get on with it and and again this is where grifters and stuff come in because people who tell you exactly what you want to hear and then you know just just patreon it's just down there just the, the little you know the link there just if you mm. want to donate mm. and um and that's again it is it, cruel um but uh, it, it's another way that people can be manipulated So this is again going back to your earlier question about how susceptible people are the the cruel aspect of it is the nicer and more trusting a person you are uh, the more easily you're manipulated mm. because that sounds a bit silly but think about it if you if you've never been in the like a scenario if you basically live in a like your your home life you people were honest to you and you weren't tricked and you weren't manipulated at school and people didn't lie to you and steal from you you're not going to be used to it so you're not going to notice the uh uh, the tricks, like the first time that bloke in town comes up to you and goes with a cat, a petrol can, goes, mate, you couldn't lend me a fiver and my car's broken down and blah 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 blah. You go, oh, maybe his car has broken down. It's only a fiver. Well, whatever. You go, here you go, mate. Blah blah blah. The third time he comes up to you, you just go, mate, you want some smack? Just say you want some smack. Like, <laughs> like I'll buy it for you. Like, like, so. But do you know what I mean? It's that. It's the familiarity, mm. um, and again, this, this, this is this is why I would denote um, Cambridge Analytica as a mind control uh, program because it does it, it, it alters the way you think and then yeah. alters the way that you act by playing on those well-worn mechanisms. Essentially, mm. how how much
1: do you think that this, say, m- m- young millennials, Gen Zers, and beyond are? Uh, perhaps more impervious to this than than previous generations do you think that's a thing because i don't know i I've, I've i've tried to figure out that i don't know for example if my mom gets like emails in her inbox she has to open them and check who they're from yeah, yeah, yeah. and whatnot and i just ignore yeah. like 90 percent of my emails because i know it's spam rubbish yeah. or you know um phishing links or something like that I just I, it, it just it doesn't even register and it's the same with adverts on, on social media for me they
0: do, I don't even notice that they're there most of the time and it's so- well I'll give you an example and this might just be me being a miserable old sod but my uh, mate's kid when it, I'm asking him what music he's into and blah 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 and he's telling me all these supposedly underground artists that oh I listen to so-and-so I listen to so-and-so listen to so-and-so, listen to so-and-so it's like where did you hear them? Like oh um on Spotify, right? And it's like there's two channels for music now apparently, like Spotify and iTunes. Mm. Um, so now here's the thing, like again, this might be me just being a miserable sod, but. The point of selling music like that, like, say, Ghost main or a Little Pomp or something like that, is that, that you found him. You found him. He's doing it himself. He's underground. And you've, it's special because you found him, right? Mm. Okay. Uh, how do you think he got on that Spotify playlist? There's, there's a new thing. Whereas, basically, A&Rs in music would go out and, like, hype up bands and get them on, you know, tours and television shows and stuff like that. The new hype, which is actually started with people like Arctic Monkeys, Justin Bieber, that type of thing, is to get it around the internet. So, you, so your A and R job is um, is to get influence. Um, do you know what I mean? So, so for example, like an artist like say Little Pump became very, very big out of nowhere because of his wacky videos and stuff like he did. The only reason you got those wacky videos is because somebody made sure you had those wacky videos. So. It always changes. There'll be some things that, that kids are completely sort of like, they, they get, like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, come on, I see what you're trying to sell me and stuff like that. And then there's, these are the things that people aren't aren't savvy to. Mm-hmm. And everybody's susceptible to it. Like, literally everybody's susceptible to it. Like, because you can't be on your guard all the time because, you know, you'd be a robot. That's exciting. Um, it's really but, but again, exhausting sometimes. Yeah, totally. And, and again, the, the horrible thing about it is that you know the best way to get somebody somebody's money, you tell them what you they want to hear. You, you you figure out, and this was why Cambridge Analytica was was successful. Okay. Right, just to sort of clarify what they did, they looked at your data, your emails, the way that the, the things that you liked and disliked, and they figured out what made you tick. They got data points about you, what makes you angry, what makes you sad, what makes you happy, and then they personally catered adverts uh, and news stories that they knew would push your buttons and sent them to you, alongside creating sock puppet accounts so that you were brought into this sort of cult-like mentality and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So the point is that basically. They feed you the information which they know will appeal to you because of what they they've been studying about you, and then they encourage you to disseminate and to spread and to become an evangelist for that information. And nine times out of ten, that information is not true. Mm. So, so this is this is the problem that you're going to get into is that basically, um, by the time you you know you're arguing about bendy bananas. Right. Do you know, oh, something ridiculous like that. Uh, like, so you, so you can't you can't even begin to, you've got to get through so much detritus before you, you well, why are you voting for it? Well, because of this, 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 and this. None of those things are true, but we're going to have to go through each one of them and show you how they're not true. And the problem is, again, people just shut down. Mm-hmm. People don't want to be told that basically they've been tricked. Um or lied to. So the the very annoying thing is that people will double down and they'll do all sorts of mental gymnastics to prove that they weren't wrong in the first place, Mm. rather than just basically go, oh, that's new information. Fair enough. Thank you. But again, it's
1: not a criticism. (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you imagine Twitter if that's what happened?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is the point, but but again, like Twitter is an interesting one, and, and social media is nobody acts in real life like they do on Twitter because basically you don't you're not interacting with that person like in a very very simple way. You you don't say certain things to a person in a pub that you'd say on Twitter because that person will stick a glass in your face. Like that like, this is the the disconnect the.
1: Who was it? Someone said that uh, social media has taught a whole generation of people how to talk without getting taught a lesson. And that sounds disgusting, but like, you know, it's
0: kind of true. Like people, people react in the same way. Yeah there's no consequence in a, in in a number of ways. The one consequence is the sort of like the the detrimental to you sort of consequence. Like, oh, that person's put my nose out across my face because I I called him whatever. Hmm. Um, the other one is you don't see the, the the effect that you're having on 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 people. And most people who aren't psychopaths, when they realise they've upset someone, uh, like you know, they'll go they'll empathise. And, and because you've got that separation, you've got the, the detachment, you've got an audience baying for you to pwn this fool and stuff like that. You don't get that. You just don't, you, you're missing out on the body language, and body language is what 85 percent of communication. Like the amount of like mm. conversations that I've had on social media, where the, the the sarcastic inflection or whatever has been totally missed, and all of a sudden everyone's like. Oh, hang on, we're arguing now. It's like, do you know what I mean? Or or, or it becomes very confused because, I mean, you know, my grammar is (laughs) rubbish. Like so, so like. you're screwed on the internet, man. Like,
1: (laughs) they just yeah, the grammar nazis all all, uh, jumped on your throat. Absolutely. So it's, just like, it's that meme. I can't, it's it's like oh, when someone's ruining you in an argument and they make a, a grammatical error and you're like, ooh,
0: like, oh, <laughs> I've <yes>. won. It's <laughs> so real. There's two other things that people do. The, the one thing is when they, they realize that they're wrong is they'll start to shift the, the argument mm. slightly and say, you can't mean that blah 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 I said no we're not talking about that I see what you're doing stop trying to shift the argument to something like different and then the final thing that they'll do is they'll insult you okay Mm. and then when you you insult them back they'll go ah. now you're resorting to insults. Yeah. Therefore, I have the moral victory and they'll block you. And it's like, and again, I was watching, we are watching that um, Bastard Squad, we call it, the um, the Police Interceptors uh, thing we watch like every week because it's filmed where I live. And oh, so right, I see loads of people that I went to school with getting arrested. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> yes, it <is. laughs> That's got to be great. And... Um, um, Every time they get nicked or whatever, they, they, they'll have to have a little moral victory. Like, oh, you couldn't get over that. We were watching it last night. This bloke was arresting. wrestler. He's like, you can't get over that fence, though. You could not get over that fence, though. To the police officer, it's like, that's really not important. But, <laughs> but he's got to take it down to have that tiny victory. Do you see what I mean? And that's, that's, that's in his mind, he's like, you couldn't get over the fence, idiot. It's like you go in prison, mate. Yeah, because yeah, like like handcuffed behind this back, being
1: like, "Ha ha, I won." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: precisely, and, and that's the thing that that's the again horribly the kind of mentality that social media breeds because again you don't necessarily want to have a conversation, you want to win, mm. or do you know what I mean, you, or you just want to get your dopamine rush or you throw by going boof yes. that's clever yeah. of me yeah. and then get on with my day and I'm sure we've all had that where basically you come back it's like they've replied I can't, I can't, bloody hell now I've got yeah. to have a conversation like like we what do you realise that I've won like, <laughs> like which, which is the silliness obviously mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, I, I can't help but think that it's designed for that yeah. social media I, I think it's a monitoring thing and it's a way uh, it's like a test it's like almost like a sort of big electronic petri dish it's, it's like let's push people's buttons and again mm-hmm. this is why I noticed Cambridge Analytica when it first came out or, or when I first became aware of it I was like oh, I was my a program yeah. And the reason I was like like as a mind control program is because it's so similar to Ernest Voice and Sentient World Simulation and Eskmisk and JTrig and numerous other online manipulation programs, which basically you've got people like GCHQ um, and the Pentagon and, um, um, you know, uh, Department of Defense in America running simulation war games where they're basically trying to manipulate people against their uh, against their will and without their knowledge. And nine times out of ten, it's about taking over conversations online, manipulating people's emotions to get them angry or, or sad, um, and, and, and or introducing the concept of like a gory. Like a, a leader that will that will take people in a particular way uh, and uh, and away from more sort of like uh, uh, more damaging material to the government say and they'll they'll basically they'll give them lots of red herrings that will keep them occupied uh, and uh, they they won't be sort of like you know bothering them basically and and that's what Cambridge Analytica did so when it came, when when I became aware of it it's like. It, it, it's just it's the same thing. It's literally the same thing. And then when you find out the sort of the, the connections that it has to um, the British government and the military and the, you know um, uh, the espionage agencies and stuff like that, and how it's used um, abroad uh, as well as domestically, like you go, well, yeah, it is. It's a manipulation program. Like it is literally a mind control program. Like and, and it's one of those things where on the face of it it's not it doesn't seem terribly sophisticated because it's like it's good commonal marketing advertising really isn't it that's all it is it's trying to persuade people with advertising but it's honed down to such a very clever degree um, that that it's incredibly incredibly successful isn't right it mm. so. I mean great marketing doesn't have
1: to be complicated no make no, America great no, again get no Brexit done yeah take back control like, yeah you know yeah. I, all these all these phrases were clearly thought out. I, I mean i think take Great back control, control, take back and control build brilliant i think it was it was truly truly the work of a genius um if if it was intended in all of the ways that it can be interpreted um mm. i think it was brilliant but like the last thing i want to ask you is, is obviously we've talked here about a lot of things that be that are pretty i don't want to say depressing but real okay <laughs> um, but the the question i have for you to finish up is it like how much do you think that maybe when i say social media i don't necessarily mean facebook twitter youtube etc i mean like the potential concept of that that like yeah. that interconnected world that can be built like the yeah. the the best possible version of reddit or or some of these new platforms that are more like blockchain based and a lot less based in like they it's more about just like people having a little community to talk to rather than like a grandstand upon which to preach to the world and yeah. how, how how positive are you about the potential of of that side of 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 social media and this kind of technology to help us get beyond this or do you think we're just t- truly screwed
0: it's difficult to say isn't it because it's like it's like anything it's a tool and you know for all the sort of negative aspects of social media and stuff like that it's helped some people um in 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 measurable ways you know people who literally have no output uh, or so you know outlet to chat with people um it, it, it's provided for that. It depends on human nature. This is the problem, isn't it? Basically, like it's a tool, like a hammer's a tool. You can build something fabulous with a hammer. You can destroy, like, you know, mm. things just as easily with a hammer. Like, um, so it it, it, it it the thing is, as well, it's a new technology. I think as people get more savvy to it and more sort of... Um, um, you know, aware of of the nefarious aspects of it. This is the strange thing, right? Okay. Television, film marketing, stuff like that. People will kind of they know the tricks and stuff like that. Not all of them. Mm. But for example, when Wayne Rooney says buy this aftershave, people are like, I think I'm an idiot, I think I'm gonna buy it just because Wayne Rooney, like you know what I mean, it doesn't always work. But but you can see the, the technique, right? Same thing with, say, political uh, things. He's not answered the question. Like, the, the, you know, yeah. we're getting wise with it. We're not very wise with the internet. For some reason, people think that the internet is international waters. And you, it's really annoying because basically you're in the one place where you can check everything mm. and people check nothing. And that's, because, yeah. and that's because of the speed of it and, the, and the, 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 the concept of social media and the concept you've got an audience and stuff like that. So as people get better at it, I think it might get better. Like it's about, but it's about being able to decipher information and to be able to sort of look through it. And I think what a lot of people would, would benefit from, from, is learning how to write an essay, in as much as you basically make an argument for and an argument against, and you you weigh it up to see uh, which is is more plausible, because a lot of the people basically, again because you're programmed to do that, somebody in a white coat says X, mm. you go, well he sounds like he knows what he's doing. Mm. Look at all those letters behind his name, whatever the appeal to authority, and and then they'll. They'll they'll disseminate it themselves. So, you know they'll spread it on, and that can work on both sides of the mm. of, the, of, the, of the, you know, yeah. the the debate.
1: Mm-hmm. So from but, Anthony Fauci to Michael Eden, the whole spectrum. Yeah, yeah quite yeah,
0: exactly. exactly. This, this is the point. Both of those people are using that authority to um to to, to appeal to people, mm. um, and that's these are the, it's like a magic trick. Right. Well, it's like it's like a film. Right? I studied film um, uh, uh, for an MA, so it's, it's certain things where you can see plot structures being set up because it's a trope, say, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, like people, went, like you know, with Penn and Teller*, went to a, to, to watch like the, the, the local bloke doing *Rabbit in the Hat* tricks. I don't think they'd be that impressed because they know how it works. And so it's the same sort of thing. Basically, once you get to notice the patterns, you can start to sort of. Um, you can, you know, you can start to sort of unpick it, but but the, the the trick is to not go too far the other way. For example, at the minute, like within the alternative media, a lot of people would say, "Oh, if it's on the BBC, I know that the opposite is true." And it's like it's not as simple as that. Like if it was, you know, life would be far more, more straightforward and stuff like that. It's not quite as straightforward as that. And so people really need to start basically looking at information and thinking about who's giving you this information, why, what of What what could they possibly gain from it, okay? And then the other thing that people need to do is they need to be able to admit when they're wrong, and and it's fine. It's fine to be wrong. In fact, being wrong is good because that's how you learn, right? And and people need to change their perspectives with no shame uh, once they receive new information because a lot – you'd be astonished how many premises are basically like sort of like – Again, we're at C and A is not true, Mm. but we've never bothered to, do you know what I mean? Because we're already at C. So we're already arguing that this is this and this and blah, 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 Mm. Um, you know, because it's Napoleonic law or whatever. And and so you've got to go back to A and you've got to sort of determine whether it's true and whether that somebody might be lying to you to try and manipulate you, basically. Mm. So, again, and the problem is... uh, uh, josh basically by the time that we've figured all this out there'll be a new medium that, 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 yeah. that has come along that, that we don't know that, that they had uh, to sort of manipulate um uh, so so yeah i don't know um uh, whether, whether it'll all work out uh, well or not like um let's hope mm, i hope so
1: too I mean, I just, uh, I love the irony of scrolling past some. Actually, well, I'm not even scrolling on my phone anymore because I'll put my metaphorical for my imaginary phone down. I scroll on my laptop because I got rid of it all on my phone because it was irritating. All right. Um, and I, I yeah, because I read way too much about how it was like the, the apps, especially, are just just the most on steroids, like addictive behavioral, you know, pieces of
0: text. It's a game. That's what most people don't realize. Twitter and Facebook is a game. What's the point of the game? To stay in the game. That's, that's literally the point. I'm, I'm not even joking. That is the way it is designed. It's a dopamine response. Go there to get your gossip and to get your thrills and to have, maybe have a bit of an argument. Punch up debate. Break some yeah. bloke's nose. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> I, um, and um, that's the point. But it is. It's a game. It's designed as a game. Like a one-armed bandit. Like, mm. it's just perpetual. Mm. The point is to keep you in the game for as long as possible. Mm. Um, and... Whilst they whilst you're in the game, they're mining your data, they're selling your advertising, mm. they're, they're you know they're they're, they're there's lots of things learning that going all on. our behaviour, uh, scanning
1: all our pictures, yeah. um, learning how to be more human for the bots yeah. and and yes. what, all of these horrible awful things, um, <laughs> yeah. But um, Neil, I want to I want to thank you. We we I could probably talk about this all night, um, <laughs> but I have uh, unfortunately got a run, so. Yeah, uh, people buy Neil's book. Um, I'm not going to say follow me on Twitter after the conversation we just had. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, thanks very much. It was uh, it was a pleasure. Oh, no, no, the pleasure's all mine. Like, a uh, uh, delightful. to come back anytime, mate. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, follow me on Twitter, or sign up to our mailing list. Thanks a lot to our sponsor, ExpressVPN, the number one most trusted VPN get lightning fast connectivity with servers in 160 locations across 94 countries keep your browsing privacy safe with express VPN and get a 35 percent discount on 12 months of express VPN when you follow the link in the description below don't forget my book is now out and available to order on amazon and on bookshop.org Does brexit the establishment civil war and most importantly thanks for listening